From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Why can't I be frightening for once? Where's my chance? Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things SpongeBob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. Today, we're talking about two classic stories in an episode. We're talking about Scaredy Pants, as well as I Was a Teenage Gary. It's a very spooky episode today. And Frankie and I are joined by an amazing guest, someone who is working on SpongeBob on all of the shows currently as a storyboard revisionist. We have the wonderful Eliza Herndon is on the show today. Hi, Eliza. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited to be a part of this. This is, I I can't believe it. Like my head, I'm scooping my brain off the floor trying to comprehend that I'm a part of this. Can you tell us and to our listeners a little bit about what you're doing in the SpongeBob world right now? Yeah. So right now, as you said, I've worked on all the SpongeBob shows. So I've worked on SpongeBob, The Patrick Show, and Camp Coral. And as you said, I'm a storyboard revisionist. So they give us sections, they divide up the storyboards, and the be like clean up the characters try to punch up the acting and make it funnier add a prop or something maybe i need to make a Mm. character bigger or smaller or change an expression and i can go over somebody's work that's already completed and make those little tweaks so it's really really fun that's so cool how did you get that job i um posted my art online and they were looking to staff up for the show And my friend Pinky, you guys had her on a podcast recently. She um, recommended me to my director, Dave Cunningham, who reached out to me. And he offered me a position as a freelance character designer, actually. And of course, I was like, yes, obviously. And then like about a week after I posted an animatic, a storyboard animatic I made in my free time just for fun. And Dave saw it and he's like, do you want to be a storyboard revisionist instead? So I was like, yes. So I'm really happy to be doing what I'm doing. I'm really lucky. I'm so happy that we're talking to you, Eliza, because like Frank and I are big SpongeBob geeks. We love animation in general, and you are a huge animation history fan. Like what specifically do you love about the history of animation? And I also want to bring this up. You're young. You're young. Were you born after SpongeBob debuted in 1999? Yes, I was wow. born in 2001, so <laughs> I was negative two. I work that's, on a show that's older than so I am, cool. which is nuts. That's not something that's many people so cool. can say. I know, but yeah, um, I, I love animation history. I really love Looney Tunes. I call myself a Looney Tunes historian. I don't know how <laughs> much validity there is in that claim, but um, I like just seeing how long everything progresses throughout animation and through the years, you know, like... The styles of jokes and art were different Mm -hmm. in the 1930s than they were in the 1940s. And that was different in the 1950s. And like even now today, um, being a part of a SpongeBob episode or watching the old episodes, I'm like, oh, this beat looks like something that a Looney Tunes short did back then or a Disney short, you know. So it's really cool to like piece everything together. It's like a giant puzzle. Also, I just want to say to our listeners out there, you must follow at duck twacy it's duck underscore twacy because you need to see eliza's artwork yeah thank you 
let's get into it. Let's talk about some classic episodes. Yes. Let's start with Scaredy Pants. In case people need a refresher, here's what happens in Scaredy Pants. Halloween in Bikini Bottom means SpongeBob SquarePants becomes SpongeBob Scaredy Pants. Tired (laughs) of being the laughingstock of the town, SpongeBob recruits Patrick to help him shave a little off the top so he can dress up like the Flying Dutchman and scare everyone else for a change. But when the real Dutchman shows up, will the town survive? Halloween is no different under the waves. Pirates, skeletons, and sea monsters. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Everyone having fun. Well, almost everyone. Hector, do you have a favorite funny moment from this episode? Ooh. Har har har. Funniest moment. I like the part where that cute little kid says, Twicka twig. It's okay, son. That's just SpongeBob Scaredy Pants. Eliza, did you have a favorite har 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 funniest moment? I do like that um when Patrick is get, um making SpongeBob's <laughs> costume better, he gives him clogs <laughs> for the shoes. Like I think that is such a random choice, but it is such a well-done choice because I think clogs <laughs> are the funniest shoe, you know? Like Okay, giant sneakers would be funny, but clogs. And you see him, you know, grabbing a random Christmas tree in the closet. You see the shreds of wood flying. You hear the saw. So he's making these as it happens. And then he's just like, here you go, buddy. So I love that. I love the dedication for such a little throwaway gag. I'm the ghost of the Flying Dutchman. Uh, something's missing. I know. Step into these babies, Hans. Terrifying. I think it's time for a new segment on the show that we like to call Eliza's Cartoon History Class. Oh. There you go. Eliza. Good. Thank you. Oh, boy. Tell us about SpongeBob's Season 1 Cell Animation and why this was so special. And also, second question, did you see any classic, like, cartoon influences in Scaredy Pants. Okay, yes. So, yeah, the season one was made with cells. Switching to season two, it was all digital. But season one, they were um, transparent sheets of celluloid that the animators, the inkers and painters, would trace the drawings on and then flip them over and paint on the back. And each individual cell had to be shot with a camera and it had to be shot in sequence And so it's just a really laborious (laughs) process. Obviously very understandable why they switched to digital in the second season. It's a lot easier and quicker. But I do like the the look of the first season and the cells. I feel like it has a more a hand-drawn kind of cozy appeal. um, The rough edges are a little more apparent, but I feel like it makes it more human, too. I've always really, really liked that. What is the switch to digital actually entail like what does that mean so um going to digital that means instead of doing it um drawing on the celluloids they do it with the computers you know the ink and coloring was all Mm -hmm. on a computer and digital and so they'd compile the Mm -hmm. episodes together with the computer you know they didn't have to do the camera but this is still being drawn by hand yes but then then scan and then scan yes yes 
to go back to what I was saying about the Christmas tree and the clogs, like Patrick carving the clogs out of the Christmas tree, that felt very like Tex Avery inspired. Tex Avery Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite directors. He was creator of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Elmer Fudd. And he moved over to Metro Goldwyn Mayer and made some really funny, really fast cartoons and a staple of his work was always sticking to one gag and sticking with it with utmost passion and dedication and as fast <laughs> as possible, you know. Instead of just having Patrick pick out some clogs in the closet and give it to him, we see him pulling a tree out, the saw and the wood chips, just that dedication and all those <laughs> extraneous little steps that don't yeah. need to be there but are. That's a very Tex Avery inspired oh, yeah. thing in my mind, so... Really cool to see that. There's nothing better than a Tex Avery Droopy cartoon. Yeah. Those are so funny. And it reminds me of like the gag where Droopy is following the big bad wolf and then the wolf like nails a door and then a metal door and then a brick door and all these different doors for it to just open up. And then Droopy's like, you know what? Like that that level of like setup, 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 yes. setup, setup, punchline. Yeah. So great. I love that. Droopy's great. I was wondering now, you know, as someone who spends so much time looking at the animation yourself in your job, you know, the things that you need to do are very detail oriented. Did you notice any background detail in any of these cells that just really jumped out at you? I feel that way for a lot of season one. I think season one is my favorite season because the cells, it makes it look so soft. The writing is funny, but I think the writing in seasons two and three is like a lot more fast and brash and upbeat, but I like how relaxed Mm. and atmospheric season one is Mm, and it has a lot of that beauty as you mentioned but i think um the shots of patrick and spongebob on top of the crusty crab with the big moon you know there's a shot where they're um the lighting they're just blue with like a white highlight around the edges it's it's only for one shot but it's really artsy and it really jumped out at me and i think using the moon and just that ambiance and the halloween atmosphere is a really really nice touch and i'm glad they they could get some mileage out of that. And a very, like, a d- gorgeously dark episode for us. You know, yes. definitely a big shift from the previous episodes that we had seen mm-hmm. in uh, in the, the last couple of them anyway in the season. Yeah. yeah, the lighting is very, very unique and really cool. A lot of shadows in this episode, for sure. Definitely, for sure. yeah. Um, Eliza, let's do another segment that we here on the show like to call Eliza's Animation Breakdown. Awesome. It's always called that, by the way, yes. even if you're not here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always Eliza's episode named, for Animation named, Breakdown. Named in your honor. Named Thank in your you. honor. This is the first episode that introduces the actual physical Flying Dutchman to the SpongeBob yes. universe. That's right. It's the real Flying Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> you bet your lily white liver. I'm the Flying Dutchman, and I'll let you in on a little secret. I'm going to steal your soul. Eliza, have you ever had the privilege of drawing him, even just for fun? Have you ever drawn the Flying Dutchman? I actually have not, and now that you say that, (gasps) that's like the first thing I need to do once this podcast ends. (laughs) He has such... Yes, he has such a fun design. I even though I haven't really drawn him, I love the Dutchman's design because he looks so human compared to everybody else. He has the long nose and the hair. Mm-hmm. It yep. just it really separates everybody from the rest. But he's still in that cartoony, you know, solid, soft look. He, he he's unmistakably a citizen of Bikini Bottom. 
but he's also right. his own entity. So I really have to wow. get on to drawing him now, but I, I love his design. <laughs> I love picking Eliza's brain about the designs on SpongeBob. I think it's so great. Oh, speaking of brain, Eliza, <laughs> what did you think of the brain exposed SpongeBob design? That is so gruesome. I think it's hilarious, <laughs> but in concept, yeah. it is really gruesome. Like it's only honestly something SpongeBob or cartoons could get away with. Because if you imagine watching this in live action and some guy, you know, reveals his ghost costume and his brain and he touches it, he's like, oh, that's just my brain. That is so disturbing and creepy. But it's it's it just it works in SpongeBob's favor because of his naive optimism. He's oblivious. He's happy. And he's not like, ew, it's my brain. Patrick, what did you do? He's just like, oh, yeah, that's my brain. And he doesn't even seem offended that everybody's like running away scared. And when Patrick yeah. runs away, he just says, it'll grow back. It worked, Patrick. I scared everybody. Yeah, I guess it was your pink hat. Pink hat? Oh, that's not a hat. That's my brain. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, it grows back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so sweet. And it's also what a brilliant setup. Yeah. Like a, an amazing way to set uh -huh. up a joke for 11 minutes. Totally. Like that was an 11 minute setup. And yeah. it paid off so big at the end because that none of yeah. us were thinking that. You think he's just going to be kind of, you know, SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants, but not square rounded. Yes. We think he's yeah. just going to with that little like dorky little ghost <laughs> shape that is not yeah, scary right. and everybody's making fun of it was so bad that the flying dutchman came down yeah. it, you're right frankie it's such a great payoff for that moment i yeah. love researching these classic episodes and heading to like the spongebob wiki and there's <laughs> mm. always great images of some of the art used in these episodes i did not know that there was an unused close-up of SpongeBob staring directly at the camera yes. with just the, the just the brain. It is so cool and so fun. And I think it's cute. It is gruesome, Eliza. <laughs> you're right. But I think it's also because it's SpongeBob, I'm like, oh, I think that's so cute. <laughs> with yeah. his big eyes and his yeah. little smile. Like, I love Oh my him. God, it's so yeah. good. There's, there's a certain <laughs> innocence. Like, I think if that innocence weren't there and SpongeBob's happy attitude weren't there, it would just be plain disturbing and kind of gross. Yeah. So SpongeBob's mm -hmm. innocence and his mm -hmm. cuteness and his optimism really sell that. And I think that applies for yeah. so much of the series as a whole. Exclusively on Paramount Plus, get ready. Now to explore like never before. Swiper knows swiping. Oh, man. Swing into action. We need your help. Woohoo! Yay! With a girl who put adventure <laughs> on the map. I don't think I can do it, Dora. I'll protect you, Boots. Together, we got this. Todos juntos! Yeah! Dora, the brand new series. Stream with your family now, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. I think it's time to hop into the next segment for this episode. I was a teenage Gary. Frankie, let us know about the synopsis for this episode. Refresh us. When SpongeBob and Patrick go away for a three-day weekend vacation, Squidward is left in charge of taking care of SpongeBob's pet snail, Gary. But Squidward forgets to feed the little guy, so they call a vet to help, and SpongeBob gets snail plasma to inject into his pet, 
However, he accidentally gets injected with the plasma himself and SpongeBob starts to feel a little meow weird. <laughs> You've injected me with snail plasma. Well, you made me do it. What's going to happen to me? Oh, nothing. It's just a little snail plasma. I don't know. I feel kind of funny. I'm telling you, it's all in your head. This is this is an episode that I remember really scared me as a kid. I used to be terrified, yeah. but I wasn't terrified of SpongeBob's transformation. I was terrified of Gary not getting enough water. That's the part yes. that scared me. <laughs> Gary being all sad and meowing with this meow. That's what scared me. I didn't care about SpongeBob turning into a cat. I was like, uh. that's funny. <clears throat> he just needed water. Oh, Gary, you're better. Eliza, do you have a favorite funniest moment from this episode? Har, har, har. Funniest moment. I will say that Squidward's line of... Oh, how touchy. I'm going to go home and throw up. Good night. That is my favorite Squidward (laughs) quote period, throughout the whole series, and might be one of my favorite SpongeBob quotes ever. It makes me laugh every single time. It's so good. I love it. I was just going to say, and the ending, you know, with all of them as the snails on the fence is classic, too, with Patrick throwing the shoe. Will you clam up? That's great. Will you clam up? I also really like um, when... SpongeBob is first introduced, and Squidward says, Will you please stop leaving your undergarments on my front lawn? There's no. Yeah. SpongeBob doesn't say, Oh, sorry, or (laughs) let me take this back. It's just like, Meet Gary. And it's just like, it moves on from one piece of business to the next. There's no long pause that, Look at the funny thing Squidward said. It just moves right on. I love that. Would you please stop leaving your undergarments on my front lawn? Squidward, could you watch Gary this weekend? Was there any favorite, like, pose that really stuck out to you in this episode? Actually, this isn't really a pose so much as it is a piece of camera work and, like, composing the Mm. scene. So when, um, when Squidward first knocks on SpongeBob's door, it opens and we see Gary's, um, eyeballs and the camera's um, positioned kind of high up, you know, you can't see Squidward's legs and then it pans down to reveal SpongeBob with Gary on his head. I really like that. It's using the camera work to its advantage. It's another thing in, um, classic cartoons and old Looney Tunes and stuff, the classic pan out or pan down and reveal the source of the gag. So I I thought that really stuck out. When did that start, that kind of usage of camera work in animation, as opposed to it just being like a flat picture that like always stayed the same? That's a good question. I think I think it varies for everybody, but there's a um there's an old director on the Looney Tunes. His name is Frank Tashlin. He's one of my favorite directors. I love him. He was a live-action director later on for movies, uh, and he said cool. he was always thinking one step ahead. So when he was making cartoons, uh, he was thinking of how he'd be filming for movies. So as a result, his cartoons are really cinematic. And even mm. in the 1930s, there's a lot of intricate camera movements. He has a lot of pans, you know, truck in, truck out, even how the scene transitions, wow. like a fade or a cross dissolve. So it's been going on since the 30s, and it could be before, but I think the 30s is really 
when they started to get creative. And of course, as the years went on, that just expanded even more. I don't know if it's the exact source, Eliza, too, but I do love that in the history of Disney, the way you were talking about earlier how animation cells Mm -hmm. were like, they have to be photographed by a camera. When Walt Disney was making Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Mm -hmm. that they like used the camera and then zoomed in and created this great effect that it looked like they're literally zooming in with the camera as they're they're coming in to shoot the different layers of the scene to make it feel as though you're doing a close up into the world of Snow White in this little cottage in this little, you know, so there was an era where they physically would move and do different camera techniques with the camera that was physically Mm -hmm. there. But then we're also talking about how can you frame these shots and the animation itself to make it feel as though it's a camera move and the framing and everything. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's a multi-plane camera. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. And um, Tex Avery and his Looney Tunes cartoons in the 30s would kind of try to do that effect as well. I think think there's no beating Disney at that time period because Disney had the most expensive but Tex Avery would try to do that as well. And he had a few multi-plane pans and camera movements and stuff that looked very similar cool. to that. So long, losers! You guys, I have to talk about this little bit of animation that I loved when SpongeBob morphed into this snail yeah. werewolf thing. And and opens the door and Squidward sees him that like he like his eye like getting the touched stalk. Yes, and the st- yes. eye stock was so gross yes. and cool. <laughs> yeah. And so accurate to if you've ever touched a snail. Mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. was the thing. Like if you ever touch their little stalks, like that's exactly what happens. It recoils and then it slowly comes yes. back out. It's so gross. And I just thought they <laughs> nailed that part. That's awesome, yes. <laughs> meow, meow. Well, how about we play a little game called Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? It was me. It was that you. We're going to ask you, we're going to read you a line, and you're going to let us know which character in the episode said the line. Sounds Frankie, good. would you do the honors? Here we go. Yes. Yes. It's just as I thought. This is definitely a snail. It's a doctor. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what a great voice. Yes, yes. It's just as I thought. What? This is definitely a snail. <gasps> I know it all, Squid! Did you hear that? I just thought that whole section was hysterical, and also the voice I thought was so spot on mm-hmm. for that moment. It just it added so much comedy and flavor to that, that doctor who won't treat the patient. Totally, yeah. yeah. Okay, ready? Who said that? Do souls look like pickles? SpongeBob! Do souls look like pickles? Uh, As a matter of fact, they do. Which led me to my favorite line where Squidward pops up and says, I've come to take your pickle. Like, (laughs) that was so funny. And SpongeBob getting scared just makes it even better. Yes. I've come for your pickle. (laughs) We've never really talked about the closing credits of SpongeBob SquarePants yet in the show, but... This is a special one because they have the ghastly ones performing SpongeBob Scaredy Pants over the closing credits. It's so much fun. Had to highlight that. I thought that was so, so, so cool. All right, boils and ghouls, you ready? Yeah! Well, who lives near a graveyard under the sea? SpongeBob Scaredy Pants! 
Corbin and yellow and spooky is he. Eliza, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up? Anything else that stood out for you from these episodes and anything that you could connect to like your job today, like working on the shows today. With uh, Scaredy Pants, when Patrick's trying to tell the difference between SpongeBob and the ghost puppet, there's no background <laughs> music. It's just total silence. And you hear him grunting <laughs> like, uh, uh. I think it really makes it a little more anxiety inducing. And also the comedy feels so much richer because I love the background music in these cartoons, but sometimes just having that total silence speaks volumes. No, yep, contrary yep, yep. as it is. What's the difference between that ghost and me? Uh, no, 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 wait, don't tell me. Don't, don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I can do this. I can do this. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Okay, tell me. And like, even today now as a storyboard revisionist, as you're talking about, just analyzing everything and soaking in like where the camera moves or how the characters are interacting with each other or little um, details like maybe no sound would be better here or something like that it's just really cool to incorporate that like I'm always noticing at how the characters look then and how we draw them now and to see how they progress wow. and like some things are different some things are the same like in um scaredy pants when Patrick gets stung by the jellyfish he has like a squiggly mouth for a while there's like yeah. a, he just has this really concerned squiggly mouth. I think is really cool. It's very 90s. It feels like a very 90s Nicktoon look to me that probably mm -hmm. necessarily wouldn't be drawn today. So I think it's really cool to point out expressions that would pass today and that wouldn't and stuff like that. Eliza, I think it's really cool that you're working on the SpongeBob shows today. You are this amazing part of the SpongeBob family. It reminds me of how like, Keenan Thompson on Saturday Night Live was the first cast member that was hired who was born after the show yeah. premiered in 1975, yeah. which is a, which we don't think about that kind of milestone about a show that has had that sort of legacy. And now SpongeBob is the same way. It has it has been with us for enough time to where amazingly talented people such as yourself literally grew up with the show. It was so cool to get to talk to you today, Thank Eliza. You so Thank much. you so much for coming on. Thank you so on. much for having me on. I, I can't say that enough. I really had a blast. And it's been so cool to <laughs> talk about the history and nerd out about cartoon history and just like, talk about how great these episodes are. You Absolutely. are really wonderful. And I just, I think that your knowledge uh, just is going to enrich your career so much. Thank you know, you. it's so cool to talk to somebody who knows not only what they're doing currently, but what happened in the past and uses that yeah. to propel themselves forward. I think yeah. we're going to see lots more of you in the animation world. Thank you and, so much. Uh, you're, yeah. you're awesome. And keep having yeah. fun. Thank I'm you. so looking forward to seeing all the new episodes that are coming out. They're a blast. I love working on them. Guys, thank you so much to our listeners for listening to this episode of SpongeBob Binge Pants. Be sure to follow Eliza on her social media, Duck Twacy, yes. Duck underscore Twacy. We're looking forward to seeing your Flying Dutchman rendition. I That's going to be I awesome. I will tag you guys in it once this podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. is out. <laughs> Don't miss any new episodes of SpongeBob Binge Pants. We're out every single Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Keep watching cartoons. I'll do you one better. Keep studying cartoons. Yes, it pays like off. Like Eliza. Nerdiness it is good. Pays off. Be a nerd. <laughs>